Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Yeah, well, I'm excited to be here. I've got a word for you, and uh, I've got to take you all the way back to the start. Is that okay? Can we go back to the start, to where it all began? I was born at a very young age. in a little country town called Adelaide. And um, it's quite true. It's very true. Don't hold it against me. Um, I don't get support the crows, okay? So it's very small. The best thing about Adelaide is the road back to Melbourne. <laughs> Out of it, that's right, that's right, you can write. I was born in this place called Flinders Medical Centre and um, grew up in Adelaide and all I knew my life was church. Is there any church kids here? Any pastor's kids? Anyone that just grew up in church? Two people. Fantastic. No, five. There's more. I just, I grew up in church. That's all I knew, right? Church was my life. Every meeting we went to was church. Every uh, occasion, every party, it wasn't a normal party. It would be a church party. I never went to actual parties, I went to prayer meetings, right? I, all my friends were going to parties and telling their wild stories about the weekend. Not me. I was telling them about what, what evangelists we had this weekend and how the Spirit of God moved and uh, things like that. We learned a new song and, and things like that. It, I didn't have a normal life. I grew up differently to you. I, I grew up in church. I'm a third generation pastor's kid. Uh, pastor, uh, fourth generation Pentecostal, so my life was even weirder. It was uh, completely different. I wasn't allowed to be sick. Is there anyone here that was like that? Anyone grew up in that household, right? You weren't allowed to be sick, right? If you woke up in the morning and you felt like, I can't go to school today because I feel like, no, that wasn't an option. Okay, my mum would run to the pantry, get the olive oil out, douse me in olive oil, anoint me in oil, and then get out and you're going to school, <laughs> right? There was no alternative. I was going and I'd be like, mum, but it still hurts. Here, take a Panadol, you're going, all right? Because she had important things to do. I don't know what those things were. I actually do. I don't know what was going on in the 80s, but they didn't have gyms back in the 80s. They had aerobics. Who remembers this? <laughs> what happened to aerobics? Do you ever have that one occasion where you'd stay home with your mum and all of a sudden she'd come out in this leotard? Like, what is happening? What is happening? The coffee table would go right back. The chairs would get pushed aside. The VCR would go in. And it was some sort of aerobics, and it's all happening. And the kids behind her are going, <laughs> Mom, she's going, oh, stop it, get lost, stop it, stop it, you're annoying me. We have gyms now, thank God for gyms. But she'd also make this stuff, this bread stuff. Did you remember this? That never, never went away. It just was eternal bread. They would plait it, cover it in poppy seeds, paint it in this lacquer, and hang it on the wall, decorative bread. Where has that come from and where did it go? Why did we do this for so long and then all of a sudden just vanished? We just don't do that anymore. I grew up in this era. I remember being in church growing up, having to be quiet all the time, right? Being quiet. I was in this small church. My 
grandfather pastor. It was Mitchell Park. It was in this little, little, uh, even smaller area. And uh, I remember bringing, having to bring quiet toys. Do you remember quiet toys? Can't make a sound. Even, I love colouring in, even if you coloured in too loud on the plastic chair, <laughs> your mum would give you that look, you know, that, that stare. Does anyone remember that stare? Who's getting it right now? Some, someone is. You get that stare, you know that stare, and if you went too far past the stare, you get the pinch. <laughs> Nobody does the pinch anymore. I remember a service, we're sitting there, and my sister must have done something, I don't know, like scratch her head. And <laughs> my dad grabs her and starts taking her down the aisle and she gets about halfway and yells out into the entire crowd, I don't want to get a smack. <laughs> we all knew what was going to happen. It's a matter of time. My parents just love me so much. Spare the rod, hate the child. They just wanted to show their love for us children growing up so much. That was my life growing up. I remember growing up in church and having experienced God's power, experiencing His presence. I, I remember being, uh, uh, it was about, I was six years of age and we had this evangelist come. Her name was Helen Ivisovich. And we were in uh, Glenelg at the time at a, at a C3 church. And she came to minister and said, who wants to get uh, filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you know me as a kid in church, I was always following the guest preacher around. I couldn't get away. I would be like that buzzing sort of fly. I was just everywhere. If there was a guest preacher, I'd be like, yeah, what do you need me to do? I can, I can catch, you know. I can do the, you know, I, I can whatever. I, I was there. I was ready for action. And as soon as they said, does anyone want to get filled with the Spirit? I was like, yeah, I was the first one up there. Me and my sister, we ran up. We wanted to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember this occasion so well because it was like lightning hit me. Has anyone ever experienced that before? It was like, she said, right now we're baptizing. And it was like, like that. I went flying back three rows. And um, it gets more rows the more time I tell this story. But <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was about three. I were, I, Poof, got fl flown back and I was laying there. I was out to it. Bang, got hit with the power of God. So strong, I couldn't stop chattering. I was speaking in tongues. I was, my mouth could not stop going. The service went on. The praise and worship went on. The music went on. I was out the front, vulnerable. I was just laying there in front of everybody. No courtesy blankets back there, nothing. I was just there, just laying there, like this, shaking. The, the tithes and offerings went on, the preaching went on. I'm still out the front, just like this, out the front the whole entire time. And then at the end of the service, I remember my dad picks me up, and I'm as stiff as a board, and he takes me and he puts me into the back of the car, and it was the 80s, so you could lay there. It was 1988, bicentennial year, very powerful year. And I was laying there in the back seat, puts the seatbelt around. You know when you used to do that? You could just lay, yeah, just click them around. Didn't matter. And um, <clears throat> drove all the way home from Glenelg to the south, which is an incredible feat for anyone in Adelaide. And um, I'm in the back like this, the whole way home, get home, dad takes me out, puts me in bed, tucks me in. Do you know what I think is quite hilarious about this story? 
Not at one point does my dad have any concern at all <laughs> that there's anything wrong with me. I'm just there. Da -da 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 -da. There's no on-call nurse. I'm not. The dad's not ringing up. He's not panicking. He's no. He's looking at me. I'm like. Da -da -da. It's like this. Son, my son's called. Look at him. Da -da 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 -da. He's gonna be. He's gonna. He's gonna change the nation. Da -da 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 -da. Uh, he's. He's got destiny written all over. Da -da 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 -da. I'm just. This is where I grew up, right? This is, anyone else grow up like this? Okay. There's less hands. Okay. <laughs> Puts me in bed. I wake up in the morning and I'm like six years old and it's, it's Monday and I'm still, whoa, hey. I'm, <laughs> I'm under the, whoa, I'm under the anointing. Still feel the power of God. I was, whoa, I could feel it, right? And, you know, back in those days we went to reception, not prep, but we went to the, I went to school. And school, Monday morning at school, do you know what that is? First thing, what you do, show and tell. And my name's Daniel Bates, so I'm always first on the roll. And they said, all right, DB, Daniel Bates, you're up. It's time to give show and tell. Now, my weekend was a little different to everyone else's, and my accomplishments were different as well. I usually would say, you know, I ate a whole apple or something huge happened in my life, but today was different. Today was more significant. I felt something different. I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it all I've got. And I said, Daniel, what happened on the weekend? I said, well, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Shut up, Phil, 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 take it, take it. Oh, I started praying for the whole school in tongues. My dad gets a phone call. <clears throat> So Uniting Church School, we don't do speaking in tongues. He probably said glossolalia or something like that. But uh, <laughs> that was my life. I grew up in church. I had experienced the power of God, but I'd never seen anybody healed. I'd never seen an instant miracle or healing or anything like that. I'd experienced God's power. And I want to encourage you to start believing for the encounter again. Start believing for a real encounter. Come on, I'm not talking about, oh, oh, were you there last weekend when the band, you know, played that new song and they got to the bridge and the crescendo went up and my hairs on my arms went, wow. Like that meme. And you're like, oh, did you feel it? Did you feel it? Now, come on, let's not reduce the encounter to a fuzzy feeling, but come on, to something miraculous. Come on, when are you going to believe that, come on, that you have a burning bush moment, that you meet God face to face? When was the last time you prayed, Lord, if I could only see you pass through the cleft of the rock, if I could only see your power, or like Daniel, when he visited by the angel and fell to his face, he became like dead and we got touched on every part of his body to bring life back into it. Come on, don't reduce the encounter. Come on, we've reduced the anointing oil to essential oils. Sorry, every mum in the house tonight, but let's not reduce the power of God anymore. And I go on this journey, I, I, I've experienced God's power, but I'd always longed 
to see the miraculous. I remember one of my, uh, it still is my favorite scriptures, Mark 16. I, I just love the Great Commission when Jesus comes back and he starts going, going to all the world, preach the gospel, get people saved, baptize them. But the second part has always challenged me. Signs and wonders will follow those who believe. And I was like, I believe. I believe. Who here believes? But signs and wonders weren't following me. I'm like, where are the signs and wonders, Lord? They shout, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You will, you know, cast out devils and demons. You'll see the dead raised. You'll, you'll, you'll take up snakes and scorpions. You'll stand on them and they will by no means hurt you or harm you. Come on. Where are these things? I believed, but I never seen them. By the way, does anyone have a Bible bucket list? Anyone here? No one? Just me? Okay. There's a few things, you know, you want to tick off in the Bible that you, like, especially Mark 16, like lay hands on the sick, see them recovered. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Cast out devils, demons. That, that's all right. There's a, a few people less probably. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Has anyone got stand on snakes and scorpions? Is that big on anyone's list? Is that like huge on the big bucket list of, you know, what we could do in the Bible? I want to stand on snakes and scorpions. No one, no one, no one's, you know what? Because I could actually arrange it because, (laughs) hear me out, hear me out. I love fishing. And every time I go fishing, I seem to encounter a snake. I don't know what it is about me, but every single time I go, do you, do you want to hear a story? I've got, I got a few. <clears throat> Sound like Tim Hall then. I've, got... <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually got a few, <laughs> if you don't mind. How are you? Great to be here. Um, <clears throat> I went fishing with my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, Beck, his brother, and we and Beck was there, and I go into the boot of my car. I had a VN Commodore. I'm getting all the tackle out, and I'm going through the boot. My my brother-in-law goes to me. He goes, "Oi, snake!" <laughs> like literally, with that much enthusiasm in his voice, "Oi, snake!" <laughs> I don't know most of you, but if I saw a snake approaching any one of you, I would use more. Okay, uh, and I. <laughs> I go, oh yeah, where, 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 before I even get out, where is it? He goes, it's on your foot. (laughs) I look down and I see an eastern brown snake going across my right foot over to my left foot. It's cold, it's scaly, it feels like a snake would feel. It's going across me. I'm like, oh no. And so I'm just watching it. It's summer, people. It is the middle of summer. I'm wearing my summer attire. I've got thongs on, short shorts, singlet, right? I'm ready for the beach and any hazardous thing that could possibly happen in Australia. And it goes over my foot. It goes around my leg and up my shorts. I kid you not. Right then and then, I'm thinking, what, 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 I'm thinking David Attenborough, Discovery Channel, I'm going, what should I do? Even Deadly 60 popped in my head, I'm going, what, 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 what do I do? Keep calm, they, they all say keep calm, breathe, don't, don't do anything stupid. You know what I did? The entire opposite. 
I screamed and kicked this thing. It was wobbling all over and flopping all around. And, and boom, and I booted it under the VN. I don't know where it is to this day. We don't know where it went. It just went under there. We, we opened the doors and we jumped into the car. That's how we got into the car and drove away. We don't know where it went to this day. The same place. About a year later, I'm down there at this beach. I'm walking along in the same attire, summer attire, thongs, shorts, shorts, singlet. My kids and my family have just walked in front of me. They walk past a shrubbery that's like on the side there, walking along the beach, along the sand dunes, and I'm walking along too. I'm about 20 metres behind them. They walk past the same bush. I get to it, and as soon as I get to it, out, lo and behold, comes out of it a viper. It comes out, an eastern brown snake, cruising across the sand like this. Have you ever walked, and you know, in summer, when you've got your thongs on and they get a good, good clap on? <laughs> anyone know that sound? Has anyone ever got the double clap? You know, you're really, you're on a mission. You're like, you're really like, and they're like that. I'm going along and my, my <laughs> thongs are clapping. <laughs> And this snake goes flying out as I step. I kid you not. As I step like this, this snake goes in between my heel and my thong. I clap the snake in my thong. Like that. The snake goes like this. Like, literally, if you could see it, it was like... It just arches up like this, goes whoop, like that, and then takes off. And I go, yeah, that's right. That's right, Mark 16. Stand on snakes and scorpions, they shall not harm you. Fast forward, fast forward. Years later, a lady of our, in, a, in the church walks out of her house, stands out of her house, a tiger snake whacks her on the foot, bites her on the foot. Within seconds, she's passed out. I get a phone call saying, my wife's been bit by a snake and she's not responding. We've called the ambulance. They're on their way. I said, okay, what do you want me to do? I want you to pray. I said, all right, put the phone on her chest. Put the phone on her chest. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command her to come back now and for all the poison to come out of her body and to be totally healed right now. They said five minutes later, she was sitting up. They drove her in the ambulance all the way to the hospital and she was talking just as normal. They couldn't believe it. They got there, ran all the tests and everything. Yeah, sure enough, tiger snake. We got this, da-da-da-da-da. She was completely fine. The first person they said that's ever received flowers in the emergency room from me, who was driving there on the way to see how she was, and left before. They were just like, yeah, you're good. See you later. How awesome is that? Come on, God can do anything. He can do anything. Don't limit him. But I wanted to see more. I wanted to see the power of God. I wanted to see healings and miracles. And I remember 2012, I had one of the roughest years of my life. Anyone ever had a year like that? I was pastoring a church out in Gippsland, and, and I, I experienced 10 people pass away in less than 10 months. I did... I was 27 at the time. I did, I did 10 funerals. I'd never done one before. And all of a sudden, bang, 
bang, bang, bang, bang, bang, bang, bang, bang, one after another. I got so upset. I got so depressed. I was beside myself. I didn't know how to handle it. Uh, I went through every single emotion because every single person came to me asking me, do you believe in healing? I said, yes, of course I do. Can you see us at the hospital and pray? I'd pray for them. Every person I laid hands on would pass away. Every single person that, that I did the funeral for, I had prayed for them. I'd spent nights at the hospital praying and believing, but nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. And I used to call out, God, where are you in all this? God, where are you? Uh, can you even hear me? I'm out here on the front line. I'm, has anyone ever prayed like this before? Is it just me? Just me and my wife, okay. <laughs> and so I'm out here crying out to God, where are you? And he gives me this word. He says, Daniel, it's time to redig the wells. I said, what wells, Lord? What are you talking about? And I remember mowing my lawn at this time and God spoke to me. I ran inside and I opened up my Bible. And if you've got your Bibles here tonight, why don't you open them up? Genesis 26. And this word has been powerful in my life. Everywhere I go, it says here in verse 18, and Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they dug in the days of Abraham, his father. But the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. God said to me, Daniel, it's time to open up the wells, to redig the wells of prayer over Australia again. I said, what wells of prayer? And he goes, the wells of prayer your forefathers dug. And I went, my forefathers, what do you mean? My dad, my granddad, my great-grandfather. No, no, no. The ones that started the Pentecostal movement in Australia founded it on prayer. But you see, the Philistines represent an enemy, the enemy, Satan, who comes to steal, kill, destroy. And he's come to rob you of so many things. And he's come to put that mud, that clay, and stop up what God's been doing. And it's our duty, it's our job to redig those things. Come on, somebody. It's time to get on your knees. It's time to believe again. It's time to get your hands dirty and start to believe. Come on, this can happen. Come on, who's believing for a revival? Who's believing that miracles and healings will be normal? A part of the, your life that salvations upon salvations will pour in. It's not just going to happen. You've got to dig for it. You've got to fight for it. And so I did. I started praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and believing that God would come through and make a breakthrough. I prayed for hours and hours every single day, every single day for years. And it wasn't until years later that I saw my first healing. It was actually my uh, niece, it was. She had eczema uh, on her uh, joints in between her elbows and behind her knees and around her neck and things like that. And we're right there in the middle of the school. And my sister said, you know, you've been believing for this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, can you pray for her and believe? And I said, yeah, of course. And I went, where? Because, you know, sometimes we get asked to pray. And we go, yeah, I'll pray later <laughs> in my prayer closet. And I was like, oh. And I thought, no, nah, look, I'll just do it right here with all the, you know, everything, everyone around. And I just went for it, started praying for it right there in the schoolyard. And then three days later, I get sent a photo. The arms are completely clear. Both arms, hands, legs, everything was completely clear. And it was only well, it was a few months ago, I was in Fiji and I saw a little girl healed of leprosy on her hands. So God can do it. He can do anything. We prayed and we prayed and prayed. This year I've seen so many incredible healings. 
saw a, a lady born with 10% uh, hearing. She's in her late 40s, early 50s, got her hearing back in the meeting, heard, heard the TV for the first time unaided, came to church, listened to the preaching for the first time unaided. That was in Mildura. Saw people get their sight back, sight back. It's incredible what God has done. Broken bones. Saw a guy in uh, Fiji uh, came forward. He was an NRL player, broke his arm and he was injury prone over and over and over and over. Prayed for his arm. He had it wrapped in leaves. I said, bro, you don't need no leaves. You don't need no carver. I said, you need Jesus Christ. So we prayed and his hand, he goes, he started to move it. He's going, it's fine. He played for the Fijian Nines, the NRL side, the league side. Three days later, he was in Singapore, played a tournament, won it. And they kept going on and winning, winning, winning. And this year, he got signed to the Panthers in the NRL in New South Wales. How incredible is that? I keep sending you my bank details. He just he's left me on scene. I just don't know why. Anyway, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and we saw God move so much. So much. So I want to give you three quick thoughts on prayer. Is that all right? Three quick thoughts. Why don't you turn your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. It says here, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. Ask. This is my first thought, and I like to call this the realms of prayer. See, you've got to ask. Prayer is so vital. Why? Luke 11, verse 1, it says, Jesus says, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. Why? Why do we need to learn how to pray? Because it's what strengthens us. Isn't that right? Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their what? Come on, it doesn't come from Jim 24-7. It comes from waiting on the Lord. And I'm not talking about sitting back in your easy chair, your recliner, kicking back, going, Lord, where are you? When are you going to show up? That's not waiting on the Lord. Has anyone been to a fancy restaurant and been waited upon? Yeah? What's it feel like? They're like, sir, is everything okay? Is the cutlery all right? Is everything fine there, sir? And you're like, oh, yes, thank you. Anyone been to this place? Yeah? Would you like still water? Still. Mm. Or when they go tap water, you tap. It just sounds gross, but you drink it at home. What is, <laughs> what is with that? Oh, your tap. <laughs> My tap's okay. Still? Nah, running. Um, oh, they cut. Sparkling. Yeah. Oh, sparkling. Honey, sparkling. <laughs> sparkling. Oh, yes. Is it extra charge? No, it's on the house. Oh, yes, of course. Kids, get some sparkling water, kids. Stock up now because you're not getting it at home, okay? <laughs> Salted water. I don't know. Why has it got sodium in it? I've never worked that out. Anyway, <clears throat> being waited upon. When you're waited upon. When was the last time, come on, you put your shoulder to the plow and said, look, Lord, I haven't received my miracle, my breakthrough yet, but you know what? I'm going to get involved in this church. I'm going to start to serve at Faith Church. I'm going to wait upon you, Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm going to wait upon you in prayer. I'm going to wait upon you in service. I'm going to give of my time, my tithe, my talents. I'm going to help, Lord. I'm going to do whatever it takes to see this place. This doesn't mean just kicking back. 
First thought, ask. Ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. When was the last time you asked for something? Make your requests be known. Philippians 4 says you've got to make your requests be known. I remember going into prayer and, and saying, look, this is it. I'm starting a new chapter in my life. I'm going to pray for hours every day. And I started praying. I'm like, Lord God, Lord God, Father God, Father God, Lord God, Lord God, Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. That sounds like the 80s. That sounds more powerful. Holy Ghost. Which one do you prefer? I remember praying like this for about half an hour and God says to me, stop, son, do you think I have an insecurity problem? I'm like, no, Lord, why? Because you haven't stopped talking about all my names and different things like that. I'm like, no, Lord. He goes, come on, son, when are you going to ask me for something? When are you going to ask for something? I'm like, Lord, I ask that uh, this place be filled with people. And, you know, because I'd never seen an empty chair give its life to Jesus or its broken leg get healed. And uh, I had seen one baptized, but we had to throw it out. It was, it was no good after that. I, I, I just wanted people to fill the church and I'm praying that people would come. Would you fill every single, you know, would you fill, would you fill? And, and God stopped me and said, son, I can take you around the world and show you millions of people praying for people to come. When are you going to pray that my power fills the church? So I fell on my knees and I said, Lord, let your power fill the temple. Let the train of your robe fill this place. Let the tent, and he said, the power always comes before the people. The power comes before the people. Come on. It's the encounter moment is what people are loyal. Whatever you encounter is what you're loyal to. You always go back to your encounter. Create a place and a space where people encounter the power and the presence of God. So I prayed these prayers. You've got to ask. I mean, I liken it to the outer court of the temple. You've got the wash bowls to your left. You've got the, the, the altar, the, the um, sacrificial altar. And a lot of time in this realm of ask, we're just walking around the outside of the temple, just walking around. Ask, Lord, oh, Lord, please, can I have this? Please, can I ask this? Can I have that? Can I, please? I remember when I was seven, I used to ask for a Porsche 911 career turbo. That's all I ever wanted. I had a picture of it on my wall. It was red, soft top, 80s as. Awesome. And Lord, I used to ask, Lord, could you just send a, a businessman just to, just to give it to me with a million dollars in the boot? Just, just hand me the keys and say, son, look, I don't need this. But you as a seven-year-old boy, you need it more than me. Take this car. Do whatever you want with it. Just go. Has anyone ever prayed those prayers? The sad thing is so many Christians live there still. We never move beyond there. God wants you to move into the realm of seek. The realm of seek is where everything changes. That's in the holy place. You've got the showbread to your right. You've got the lampstand to your left. And, and, and it lights the way down to the front, which is the golden laid incense altar. Uh, Psalm 141 says, your prayers are like incense to me. This is where the sacrifice is made. Everything changes in this realm. I don't know if you've ever been in the realm of seek before, but you stop asking so much, you start hearing more. You start getting dreams, visions. I don't know what it is, but you start crying. You, uh, you know, everything's going on. You're like, why do I feel so good, but I'm crying so much? Everything changes. 
You start to worship more. Everything changes in this room, but this is where the sacrifice is made. Are you prepared to pay the price? Some of you might be thinking, well, I thought it was all free. I thought, I thought uh, this life was free, that when I became a Christian, no, grace is free, but everything after that will cost you something. Well, what do you mean? I didn't want it to cost me anything. I, I'm in it for the bargains, baby. Come on, who loves a good bargain? Come on, our whole life is set up for bargains. Cyber Monday, I don't want just Cyber Monday. I want Cyber Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Anyone else or is it just me? Come on, Boxing Day sales every day. I want Boxing Day sales. Our whole life, come on, no one boasts about, hey, I, got, I bought this house the other day, paid full price for it. <laughs> did you, mate? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's awesome. No one ever says that, right? <laughs> Everybody wants a bargain. Nobody wants to pay full price. But what happens? All the way through the Word, we see people that paid the price. People that it cost them something. Come on, look at Abraham. And, and, and before he even inherits anything, possesses anything, he gets given a word, doesn't he? He says, your, your descendants will be like the stars. You'll be like a nation. You'll be this. You'll be that. But what's the very first thing that he purchases? A full price plot of land to bury his wife. The very first thing he buys. And you know what? They said, you can have it. No, 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 please take it. And he said, no, I want to pay full price for this. Can you believe that? David buys the threshing floor off a rune and says, come on. He says, I won't take something that doesn't cost me anything. Come on, it's got to cost you something, church. And I know being in this realm of seek is a good time. You've had an awesome time, but please don't stay there. Don't, don't think, hey, that's it. Close the door. Amen. Hallelujah. We had a good time. See you next week. You're almost there to the realm of knock, which is the holy of holies, the holy of holies. And God is inviting you in. Everything changes to your prayer life. If I can have the keys play, that'd be awesome. Everything changes to your prayer life when you come into this realm of the holy of holies. See, I call it not just the realm of knock, but it's the realm of agreement. Something changes to your prayer life. When you be begin to agree with what your heavenly Father says about you, who He says you are, when you unite your faith together with Him, when you believe everything with everything, what He says about you, something changes. See, so many people ask me all the time when I'm praying for people, what are you saying down here? What, what are you saying? I said, well, I'm not asking. I'm not seeking. I already have. No, I'm commanding. I'm stepping out in the authority of a son in Jesus Christ and saying, it won't be like this anymore. Something changes to your prayer life. No longer ask, seek, you start to command. A declarative anointing comes upon you. You start to prophesy. Something changes to your prayer life when you go through these realms of prayer. Are you still with me, church? Something changes to you. Come on. It's no longer case, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. I'm not just a chip off the old block because my grandfather had it, my father had it, I'll have it. It doesn't mean that anymore. No, I speak into my life and I command it. It will be this way. I will be prosperous. I will be healthy. I will be, come on, somebody. You start to speak into it. 
not just over your life, but over your kids. Come on. So many other people are speaking into them. You will be this, you'll be that. You've got this problem, you've got this diagnosis. When they get a bad school report and they say this or that, what do you say? No, you're not. You're a child of God. You have the mind of Christ. You're not what they say you are. You are this. You are smart. You're intelligent. You're going to go, you're going to travel the globe. You're going to go all around the world, see people saved, healed, delivered, set free in Jesus' name. Come on, what are you saying over your family? What are you saying over your spouse? <laughs> you are this, you are that, you are the other. Come on, something happens to you. Something changes when you spend time in prayer. It's not just for you. You start declaring over your church, over people you don't even know. You're going to be like this. You're going to do this. You're going to change the world. You're going to you see this, see that. You're going to be healed. You're going to be... Not just that, over your state, over Melbourne. Where does that faith come from? It comes from spending time in God's presence. I declare it right now that there'll be a revival over this house, a revival over this church. Come on, that the fires of revival will touch this state of Victoria and touch the globe. Come on, that generations will rise up from this church and go and be sent and touch the nations all around the world, Asia to Europe. I believe it right now that this church will be known for the churches that it starts to plant in other nations over in the world, over and over and over and over. Come on, when was the last time you began to speak it out and declare it? Everything changes. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, Check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.